All rise in the courtroom and to those listening on stream for the dishonorable badger is entering the scene. Apparently doing this as a day job simply was not enough. So let your jaws drop to the floor cause we can't make this stuff up. Welcome back to the legal fun house. We put the fun in dysfunctional. It's crazy in the legal fun house but weirdly educational. But every single one is remarkably true. to law school and is more than qualified to talk about the strangest cases from the strangest people alive and the friend that he brought along barely past eighth grade whose legal experience lies within parking in the fire lane welcome back to the legal fun house we're just as confused as you it's finally time for the legal fun house and without further ado Every single one is remarkably true. It's Boozy's Legal Funhouse. It's Boozy's Legal Funhouse. It's Boozy's Legal Funhouse. It's Boozy's Legal Funhouse. Well, everybody, and welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. The stream took a break to get a coffee crisp from Canada because they're that good. They are that good. <laughs> for for those of you listening at home, before we go into the intros or anything else, uh, I should say we record this live, and I hate editing audio, so that's not gonna fucking happen. Uh, <laughs> We are whatever just happened is staying in the final recording. But welcome back for another episode of Boozy's Legal Funhouse. As always, I am your host, the Boozy Badger, Boozy Barrister, and with me, as he is every time, is our certified legal layman, Alkali Bismuth, who killed the internet with the sound of his voice when we last that's, tried this. That's usually my mo. Yes. I, Hello, I, everybody. <laughs> Like he said hello and immediately the stream's gone. It's like, oh, this guy <laughs> We're not again? live anymore. Fuck it. <laughs> oh. For for your listening viewers, I would like to mention right now, we are both on cam and we are the epitome of the uh do's and don'ts of streaming. Boozy obviously just off of work, <laughs> in their Sunday best, button down shirt. Robin's egg blue, by the way, great color, really brings out your eyes, and a bright red tie. I am in a robe and kind of look like Santa Claus. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention Santa Claus. Uh, oh, uh, just so you know, the chat can't see your videos. Uh, yeah, it's, like it's taken care of. Okay, It's cool. already taken I... care of. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching it too. Thank you, though, for putting another fuck up directly into the audio recording that goes live. I I, uh, I greatly appreciate that. You're you're just you weren't at MFF during the live stage performance of uh, Utterly Amazing. The piano wasn't coming through the sound, and a 200 person audience was too polite to say anything. <laughs> So if you listen to the recording, you can hear a bunch of cheers and claps and a loud fat man going, 
you gotta start over. It sounds like shit. We can't hear the piano. Pay attention to me. So it is. It is time for our holiday episode. Yay! It, it is time. It is this as you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on your podcast provider of choice, uh, once again, we were going to record last week. We we planned on recording on Monday, and Monday I was like, uh, "Hey, I've got some shit going on. Can we record on Thursday?" And Alkali said, "Yeah, sure, we can record on Thursday." And then Thursday I came back and I said, uh, Hey, that shit's still going on. Can we record tomorrow? Can we record on Friday? And Uncle, I said, yeah, sure. We can record on Friday. Let's uh, let's say 4.30. I'm like, yeah, great. 4.30 my time. I'm set up. I'm in the kitchen. Everything's ready to go. We're good ready to record. To go. The levels are set. And I get a message from Alkali that just reads, uh, yeah, so I forgot we were doing this. These things happen. It's two to one, two to one rods right now. Mine may have been stupider, but you know. And I'm like, that's cool. We can do it again later. And he goes, how about next Monday? And I'm like, well, you know, Monday we're supposed to release. I, I guess we could record Monday. And This uh, is the release. Yeah, and I could release it like Saturday. You know, like a, it's the holiday episode. We're going to put it out the day before Christmas Eve and all that stuff. Nice, right? yeah. But, but out of curiosity, I was like, uh, just, just wondering. Uh, what's going on that we can't like pick this up tomorrow then? And Alkali's like, I got a fuck buddy coming over. <laughs> it's more subtle than that. I used far <laughs> more words to describe fuck buddy. <laughs> You're a lawyer. You taught me how to pad out my sentences <laughs> to make it so confusing that I can say it to my dad and he has no fucking clue what I'm talking about. So, so if you're wondering why this episode is released like the day before Thanksgiving, you may, or Thanksgiving, the day before they were going to hold on to it for another fucking we year. Got this. Um, if you're wondering why it's released like the day before Christmas Eve and you're thinking, oh, they planned that because it's a holiday themed episode. No, no, no. we didn't. No. My world caught fire and Alkali needed to get a blowjob. Uh, that's... <laughs> That's why. That's that's the entire reason right there. <laughs> Your audience knows far too much about me. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, before we get into the holiday episode this year, and I'm not going to tell you the title yet. I'm not going to tell you the title yet because it, it's it's something I want to pop on Alkali and watch his face as I say Excellent. it. But before we do that, I do have to, at the beginning of every episode, give you our standard disclaimer. Boozy's Legal Funhouse is an educational, informational, and hopefully entertaining discussion of law and basic legal principles using the discussion of a case. What it is not is legal advice. I am a lawyer. I am not your lawyer. The way that I would become your lawyer is you would come into my office, sit down, tell me your problems. I would agree to represent you, hand you an engagement letter. You would sign it and pay me a retainer of my choosing. You just don't get to pay me a buck and magically I'm your attorney. And then I would be your attorney. But you can't do any of that shit because I don't accept private clients. So the way you get a lawyer is you do that with a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction because law is jurisdiction specific. What we talk about here are general legal principles. They are not specific to your jurisdiction. This is not legal advice. No attorney client privilege attaches. Please, for the love of God, do not say a fat man on the Internet who acts like a cartoon badger told me to do this. It will not hold up well in court. Well stated. 
With that said, it is the holiday special. And ho, 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 horrible. Ho, ho, hold the fuck on. Uh, Uh-oh. And I decided I'm going to give you a little Christmas gift this year. Oh, well, that's I'm, nice. I'm, I'm going to give you... We start every episode with a discussion of some legal news stories. Okay? And the okay. first one is something that you will love... Uh, just just from the headline. I'm not even going to, to walk through and do that like coy thing where I try to make you guess what the topic is. I'm just going to read the headline from the ABA Journal, okay? Okay. Lawyer posted nude photos on public docket to humiliate and pressure opponent, federal judge concludes. Mountain games, bitches! <laughs> I love it! What?! <laughs> <laughs> right. What? Okay, what scenario does your mind have to be in to go, you know what this needs? My dick. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't his dick. Um, <laughs> that's nice. So He's a very, That's it, progressive. A, in New York, there is a lawsuit. It's called Schottenstein v. Lee. It's in the Southern District of New York. Uh, and it is Dr. Douglas Schottenstein, MD, uh, Thompson Real Estate, and Schottenstein Payne and Neuro are suing Derek Lee and Pearl Chan as defendants. They are represented, Derek Lee and Pearl Chan, the defendants, are represented by an attorney named Jeffrey Charbro. All right? Okay. Best name ever, Charbro. Charbro, dude. Bro. He's he's a real Charbro. Bro. So, in this case, right, the doctor... Uh, has filed a lawsuit stating that his two former employees, uh, Derek Lee and Pearl Chan, stole millions of dollars from him over the course of several years. All right? Oh, okay. So the defendants go out and they hire Sharbro. And they counterclaim, saying, well, no, Dr. Schottenstein actually asked us to uh, to perform illegal acts. And, uh, and he owes us money. As a result uh, of this. I'm sorry, legal acts like no, illegal e- illegal acts. Illegal. Oh. Alright. Uh, I, I thought you were teaching me a new law term. I'm like, you just have weaponry in the courtroom? I knew it. So so there are uh motions for a stay. Okay. Okay. Uh and you know, motion for a stay is like, hey, we wanna we wanna stay this matter, right? Uh, very contentious discovery here. Uh, the uh, summary judgment, which is like, hey, we don't really have to argue the facts because after discovery, the facts are established, right? Okay. So a motion for summary judgment is filed. Uh, the motion is denied. Okay. All right. Uh, so the defendants say, hey, we want to stay. All right. So they file a motion for a stay of proceedings before the trial. They like they wanted to delay the trial for some reason. Doesn't really say why. All right. Uh, like the article I'm reading, and, and, and I've got the opinion up in front of me too. Doesn't really say why they want to stay. Just we want to stay. We we don't want to go to trial yet. Maybe they want to file an appeal. Uh, maybe there's something like that going on. Who knows? Okay. And in the motion for a stay, they file four exhibits. All right, four exhibits in support of the motion for stay. I'm seeing where this is going. How did this become an exhibit? Now, 
He he seeks to Charbro or Shabro after filing the motion for stay also files a letter at the same time that says, uh, "Hey, uh, you should seal exhibits A through C." All right, it says the the letter read as follows: Exhibits A through C of defendant's motion for stay, but not Exhibit D, which consists of text messages between the parties produced by the defendants, which are not subject to any protective order. All right, all right. The next day, the court comes in and says, "Okay, we're going to seal A through C. We are also going to seal Exhibit D. Like, like we're just we're gonna do that. All right." <clears throat> so okay september 15th comes right the plaintiffs dr schottenstein and crew file another motion for summary judgment all right shabro contests that and he files another set of exhibits in support of his uh his opposition to the motion for summary judgment uh this time it includes uh exhibits Basically, exhibits A through D from the motion for stay, uh, some other exhibits, and exhibit N. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> is exhibit N not safe for work? Is that where we're going? Well, that's where we're getting to because five days later, Dr. Schottenstein comes in and goes, Yeah, could you seal uh, like all of those exhibits? Why? Why? Because Why? exhibit D was text messages. Between those two that included sexually explicit photographs. And Exhibit N to the Motion for Summary Judgment uh, opposition was labeled, and I quote, Schottenstein's photos, which contains many of the same sexually explicit photographs of the plaintiff, filed in Exhibit D on August 14th, including several photographs of the plaintiff nude or semi-nude. Why is this an issue? Because court dockets are public record. Like, anybody can go on to a federal court docket, and if it's not sealed and they have access through a system called PACER, they can pull the shit. Like, you can bring it up. You, you pay like 10 cents a page to do it. But you can definitely do it. You can go to your local courthouse and ask to see a file. And if it's not under seal, they'll bring you that file. You can look through it and see the things that are signed, uh, that are filed in it. So when he filed all this stuff and he didn't file the text messages and the photographs under seal, he was putting on publicly accessible records Dr. Schottenstein's nude photographs. Oh, my God. Can we just clear something up right now? Are you telling me that there is definitely a lawyer out there using their home computer to look at case files oh, strictly for porn? Strictly for I, porn. I mean, it's a good possibility. Now, Dad did. There are so many amazing ways to find porn in this world. So, really, when you file it under seal, you're asking the court to say, hey, uh, the filings are public, except those filings. The public shouldn't have general access to those filings, right? Uh, so the court comes in and tells Shabro, basically, explain yourself. <laughs> like, because the way this is looking is it's looking like you're doing a, hey, nice dignity you got there. Be a shame if something happens to it, Moody. Yeah, no shit. By putting this guy's dick pics on the public record. 
<laughs> I mean, it really depends on the dick if you think about it. That might have totally backfired. Like, yes, the what? law will be aware of my goose. Like, I'll be like, maybe they are relevant, but you should be filing them under seal, right? Uh, like, okay. First off, all dick pics are relevant. Let's not go down that road. And two, dude. We're children of the 80s. We all blew a seal. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So, so the court's like, um, yeah, explain yourself. Like, yeah, just just explain yourself. And his explanation was? There's no rule against it. There's the, you didn't tell me I couldn't. <laughs> that, so that, now this is your problem. That is literally his his first argument. It, it is. It is. I shit you not. Shabro uh, argues in part that he is not aware of any per se law or rule that precludes the filing of semi-nude photos or clothed pictures of crotches in a public docket. tell you something man i know this show for you is broken up into two segments the legal news and then the actual article but for me it is the i think i could be a lawyer segment and then the holy shit do i not want to be a lawyer segment those are the only two things that happen so so the court came back on that and basically because they've been like yo explain to us why we shouldn't uh why we shouldn't sanction you and and his response was, well, there's no rule against it. And the court's response was, I'm going to quote the opening of the of their opinion. That it is necessary to inform an attorney of this court that he may not file nude photographs on the public docket is startling. God, they're going to make a new rule for this guy. In a, in a hundred years, people are going to be talking about this podcast at the beginning of their podcast to open up the rule of why you can't post nude pictures on a public. So in the case of uh, uh, Ferret v. Badger. We... The, the no dick pic rule. <laughs> the no dick pic rule. <laughs> They've run out of legal terms. They're just calling it what it is now. <laughs> Well, it, it, it's, uh, I'll, I'll hit on that for a bit because you know how lawyers' fees are done, right? Like there, there's the rule that you see in a lot of Commonwealth countries, like countries that get their law from the English common law. And that is right. loser pays, right? Yeah. Except for one country. You know what country that is? What? America. America, unless there's a rule of court or a, uh, or a law saying, you know, you pay if you lose. You pay the other side's legal fees. Everybody bears their own costs. What do you think that rule is called? The rule of cool. The American oh. rule. You know oh, why? Because we're the Christ. only country that fucking does it like that. Oh my god. <laughs> also, hello, Grandma Kage. Oh my god. Happy birthday. So. So yeah, um, that that's, he got fined a thousand dollars. The court actually said we shouldn't have to tell you not to do it. It's so obviously bad faith to to put the opposing party's nude pictures on the public docket, no matter how relevant they are, without sealing them. Uh, it's bad faith. We're sanctioning you a thousand dollars for it. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. That is one hell of a power top play. Nicely, I gotta hand it to the guy. What the fuck? Now, we have a second news story, though, this episode. Oh, two of them. Because it's the holidays, and I wanted to give you something. This is the season of giving. Yeah, Yeah. Every time I do one of these stories, you ask me two things. First, is it about Trump? Yeah, yeah, that's... And second, did somebody fuck around with AI? I swear to Christ, if you found Trump fucking around with AI... I did not find Trump fucking okay. around with AI. His ex-lawyer, Michael Cohen, however... Ian! <laughs> These stories, technology is horrifying! <laughs> Michael Cohen, Trump's former lawyer, uh, is is trying to end his supervised release from his criminal probation. All right. Uh, he hires a lawyer named uh, David M. Schwartz. All right. Schwartz All right. files uh, files this this motion about it, like a brief in support of it, uh, citing three cases. Now, Schwartz gets fired. Okay. Okay. Like Schwartz isn't anymore. A new lawyer is hired, E. Dania Perry. All right. E. Dania Perry uh, files <laughs> files with the court a document, and in a footnote says, "Yeah, we can't verify three of the cases that Schwartz filed before the court in his brief." Right. So the court goes in and checks the dockets and looks up these cases and comes back and says, Mr. Schwartz, get the fuck back in here. You're, you're not done yet because we looked it up too. And as far as we can tell, none of the cases you've cited exist. Oh, I love Chad AI. So we want you to produce these cases or explain why we shouldn't sanction you for citing cases that don't exist again. Once again, uh, we can't say for sure that he used AI on this. Uh, We we don't know for certain what's going on. Uh, However, it seems real similar to, uh, to the fact that some law firms have been using chat GPT and other AI things like that to write their briefs. And these are just language modelers. They're not, they don't have access to legal databases. They're not searching them. So if they don't like automatically find it in their easily searchable database, they just make shit up. And the, and the order to show cause is like, okay, so this case, when we put in that reporter number, that you have, you know, like that 756E2D132 and all that. Like, it yeah. cites to a page in the middle of an opinion about something that has nothing to do with with ending supervised release. And this one cites to a page at the end of an opinion that has nothing to do with it. And this one just doesn't seem to fucking exist anywhere. Like, that number, <laughs> that, that number was never even assigned to a case. Uh, like, real simple shit you should be able to side check. Yeah. So, Mr. Schwartz, get back in here. Get get the fuck back in here and explain to us why we shouldn't sanction you for this. Uh, Now, Politico had originally reported on this. Uh, Politico, of course, did the responsible thing. They reached out to uh, to Michael Cohen 
uh, for, for comment. They yell like, hey, it looks like your former lawyer just made shit up using AI again. Uh, and Cohen uh, hung up on Politico. He hung up. Like, did, didn't I... didn't respond, just like... But... <laughs> <laughs> just, just, you know, click. <laughs> Like You know why? Because he listens to your show, so he knew this was a pitfall. I think that's what's going on. He's like, oh, I know where this is going. Even the legal layman could have figured this one out. Right? I just, I love that, though. Now, Mr. Cohen, it seems like your lawyer may have committed fraud on the court. Uh, Click. Uh, <laughs> uh, they contacted Schwartz. Schwartz did not hang up on them. He just didn't answer the fucking phone. <laughs> he was just like, nope. No, that, Not happening. That is that is Politico. The caller ID says Politico. No. <laughs> oh shit. I I do not think I'll be fielding that call. That's the phone call when you know you flunked a class and there's definitely a call coming to your house because you never got your report card signed. Don't ask how I know that one. <laughs> So those are. I got le- it, Bob. I got it. Don't worry. About- oh yeah, no, they hung up. Yeah, no, I know it sounded like I hung up, but they hung up. Yeah, eight times. If the te- if the teacher says I attached their dick pics to my English assignment, they're lying. That's, <laughs> there is no rule against. The, it's not. It's not in the student handbook. Look, it's a class on Latin, <laughs> Roman culture, Latin culture. I don't really know the difference, so I just attached a bit. That was my thesis. That was my entire thesis. Luckily, it was 10 pages long. Oh, <laughs> so those are legal news stories for the holiday episode, both of which chosen uh, with care, specifically for you. I appreciate like you. Specifically, but I was just like, Alkali's going to love the dick I, pick lawyer and the AI dipshit. It, I, I, what I love about it is, even in my industry, something would get fucked up, and then it would never happen again because everyone would learn that you were going to get fined for it. So everyone would stop or find smarter ways of doing it. Like checking your chat AI to see if the cases actually exist. (laughs) So last year for our Christmas show, we did the tale of two Santas. That was a great one. I like that one. It was about two companies in Indiana (laughs) that used the term Santa Claus in their name and who had the right to use that name in business in the state of Indiana. So, uh, So this year, we have the tale of three Santas. Oh, the actual Santa Claus got involved with last year's? This is going to be great. Three new Santas. New Santas? New Santas. Oh, good. One year, when we finish this show, I want the Christmas episode to be a lawsuit where a guy claims to be the actual Santa. It's got to exist. After all this shit you've told me, between BBs destroying a coffin... Between Santa's getting into fist fights in the middle of rural Indiana, I, I, you can't tell me that somebody hasn't come <laughs> forward saying, I'm the real Santa and I'm suing Macy's. There's no way that hasn't happened. Let, let's see. Let's see. Maybe maybe one of our three Santas tonight is that guy. You don't I'm know so this I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So it is, uh, it's 1999 in Ohio. 
Okay. Oh, uh, this is recent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's Franklin County, Ohio. There's a gentleman out there. His name is Robert William Handley. Uh, okay. Uh, and Mr. Handley is a, a hirsute gentleman of a certain age. Ooh, good word. Hirsute. Yeah. Uh, and since the age of 14, when he was cast in a school play as Santa Claus, he has played Santa. Awesome. Every year. He's played Santa. The, the court describes him as a rotund gentleman with a full white beard who wears wire glasses. And every okay. now I'm assuming at 14 he was not a rotund gentleman with a full white beard wearing wire glasses. I I uh, feel at that point maybe it was a false beard. Maybe he had a pillow shoved up his shirt. I don't know. I get super into cosplay. If you hold your breath long enough, you can spout a beautiful beard. You just have to sneeze and pinch your nose closed. So, Mr. Hanley has played Santa ever since then for 40-plus years, right? People in his life, children in the, uh, in the town, uh, call him Santa Bob. Aw, I right? love that. He, I love that. He's a well-known uh, person, although he gets like tips for portraying Santa at events around Christmas time. They don't even begin to cover his expenses. He donates a lot of his time to charitable organizations, uh, playing Santa for underprivileged children. He buys gifts for them. He's just a really, really good guy. Aww. Right? And uh, in December of 1999, December 29th, 1999, he decides, I'm going to change my name to Santa Claus. So he goes out and he fills out a name change petition in Franklin County, Ohio. He files it in the probate court of Franklin County because probate court like handles name changes and shit. Okay. 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 Like every court's a little different in how they handle it, and it's gotta be. Different. But a lot of times, the uh, the court that's gonna handle like guardianships and uh, and shit like that, they they'll handle the name changes in some places. In Ohio, the probate court handles name changes. Right? Okay. And he writes on his application, you know, I don't just want people to say, "Hey, you look like Santa." Uh, I want to be Santa. I have lived my life like Santa Claus. I live, he says, I live for the children. Aw. Okay. Uh, And the court is faced with that. The case is uh, in Ray name change of Handley, which that's what you mean. You don't have like a party fighting against it. All right. Uh, It is 736-NE2D125 is the citation. Uh, It's a year june 8th 2000 decision out of the probate court of franklin county ohio uh a magistrate comes in and says after looking at it goes uh yeah we're not going to let you change your name to santa claus oh we're not gonna let you do that however uh we'd be fine to you changing your name to santa claus handley like Santa okay. Claus Handley. Like, but you can't have the name Santa Claus. Now, why is that? Why can't he have the name of Santa Claus? 
since there are two other defendants, I'm going to say there's, there's too many Santa Clauses on I, the books. I, I didn't say it was a case of oh, three people. Oh, we... And by the way, that language makes no fucking sense. If I went to change my name to John Smith, are you going to tell oh, yeah. me I can't because there's too many Johnson? Too many, there's, not, okay. there's not a John Smith quota out there that once it's about, nope, sorry, like there's no one kicking in the door of a maternity ward. Like, Mr. Smith, where you got to name your son? John, the cops come by. Yeah, nope. No, we just, sorry, other guy beat you. You got to wait for a John Smith to die before you can name a kid John Smith now. That's not how it Hold works. on. My name is Dan Smith. Do you have any idea how much I would have loved the cops to kick in that door? It's like, it is going to be so hard for them to check into a hotel. When they go to the doctors, it's going to be an ordeal every time. Can you come up with something a bit more original? Uh, okay, so Santa Claus, what, known commodity? Uh, well, that's part because, of it, but you, okay. what you really need to go to is how do you decide when somebody can do a name change? All right. I thought as long as they filed the paperwork, no one really uh, gave a shit. Is that true? I, I, I assumed. I'll be honest. It, that's always been an assumption it, of mine. In Ohio, the law in Ohio, uh, considering a, a court-based name change, is that you file the paperwork and you show that there is a reasonable or proper co- and proper cause for changing the name. All right, that's all you got to show. Um, I, I want my name to be this, and here is the reason why. And then the court looks at it and says, is this a reasonable and proper cause for changing the name? Okay. And, and uh, if it does, by reviewing all the facts, all the circumstances surrounding the name change, uh, which include the reasons given by the person who wants to change their name and the name itself. Like, you know, you can't change your name to fuck you assholes. That's there's probably not reasonable and proper cause for that. OK, I, the court, I think there is, but I right. get the reason the, the court would grant it. And, and that's, okay. that's true. In a lot of, like I've been in courtrooms when name changes are happening. Like, I've watched judges do that procedure. Uh, and it's like, why do you want to change your name? Like, it's, uh, it's I've seen it several times with uh, with trans folk who are changing their name to match their gender. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, and a lot of times it's like, you know, why do you want, you know, did you, did you file the paperwork? Yes. Did you advertise the name change? Yes. Did you advertise it in this type of paper? Yes. Uh, what's the reason that you want your name changed? I, you know, I identify as a male or I identify as a female or I identify as non-binary. Um, you know, this is the name I have chosen uh, for myself. The guy that you're dating called you by the wrong name during a truck blowjob and you're just too shy to tell them. So you just get your name changed. They'd right. probably, I mean, yeah. And, and they're not contested very well. Like the only time you really see name changes contested is when you're trying to change the name of a minor child. And it's like one parent okay. wants to change it, the other parent doesn't. That's when you okay. that's when you really see them done. But the court kind of has a paternalistic function in one way, which is, hey, we need to make sure this is a reasonable and proper cause. And there's another interest, and this is actually the big reason that you see name changes get denied. So what would that big reason be? I mean, I... I... I'd still with with this one. I got to go with known commodity, so it's got to have something to do with confusion. Exactly. Actually, uh, I mean, like it's more than that. But yeah, the biggest reason that a name change is denied is fraud. 
Yeah, you're changing your name for an improper okay. purpose. You're changing, okay. you're changing your name to avoid debts or things like that. Uh, financial abuse, misrepresentations in society. Um, yeah, the name okay. the name could confuse or mislead. These are what we call public policy considerations here. Uh, the name would uh, possibly interfere with the rights of others. Like, say, I wanted to change my name to Mickey Mouse. You know, uh, that's going to interfere with somebody's rights in the name of Mickey Mouse. Okay. Yeah. Now, All right. Now, if my last name's Mouse and my parents name me Mickey, <laughs> they can't do shit about it. They skirted that law. But but it's, you know, think about that because the court would look at, why do you want to change your name to Mickey Mouse? And then the court would decide, is this a proper reason to change the name or are you just trying to capitalize off of Mickey Mouse? Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, would it mislead the public? Would it confuse the public? Uh, things like that. Uh, and they, they point out that an application is deemed reasonable and proper if an application uh, does not violate any overriding uh, policy concerns. So what does the court do? The court looks at all this, right? Okay. It says, first, there, there's an obvious economic value in the name of Santa Claus. All right. Yeah. Now, that goes to reasonable. Is it reasonable? Yeah, there's an economic value in me being named Santa. All right. And then they look at it and they say, we're not seeing where Mr. Handley here uh, intends any type of fraud in taking advantage of that name or, or using that name uh, at all. Okay. We're not seeing. He's not, he's not trying to, uh, to change his name to avoid things. He's not committing fraud. He's not doing any of those things. So it looks like a reasonable improper cause, right? Uh, so what did the court do? You said they let him change his name to Santa Claus Handley. No, they said that the magistrate, the first level of review, said he could do that. The reason it's up in front of the probate judges right now is he said, I don't want to do that. I want to be Santa Claus. Okay, okay. All right, all right. So well, they just told him they couldn't do it and he had to keep his name, I'm assuming. But, but Why? Because they're like, we don't doubt that he has good intentions. We don't doubt there's some economic value in it. Uh, Would it be the other way around? If he was Santa Claus, all the other Santa Clauses in the area wouldn't have a fair fight to get a job? Sort of, but not really. Sort of, but not really. I'll take that as I'm close enough. B plus on the test. The last portion, against public policy concerns. Even if it's not fraudulent, against public policy concerns. Oh. Why is why is Bob Handley changing his name to Santa Claus against public policy concerns? Because he likes being Santa Claus. He wants to be Santa Claus. Uh, against public policy concerns means it would harm the public. It's against the best interests of the public at large. We the people. I got to assume that with the name Santa Claus, no cop would ever give him a ticket again. They're just worried about that. Well, I can't give a ticket to Jolly St. Nick. The court we read, don't use coal. I'm just going to read their decision, okay? And I'm just, I'm just going to read. <clears throat> the petitioner is seeking more than a name change. He is seeking the identity of an individual that this culture has recognized throughout the world for well over 100 years. 
Thus, the public has proprietary interest, a proprietary right in the identity of Santa Claus, both in the name and the persona. Santa Claus is really an icon of our culture. He exists in the minds of millions of children as well as adults. The history of Santa Claus, the North Pole, the elves, Mrs. Claus, reindeer, is a treasure that society passes on from generation to generation, and the petitioner seeks to take not only the name of Santa Claus, but also to take on the identity of Santa Claus. Although thousands of people every year do take on the identity of Santa Claus around Christmas, the court believes it would be very misleading to the children in the community, particularly the children in the area the petitioner lives, to approve the applicant's name change petition. Therefore, for the foregoing reasons, the court finds that it would be against public policy to grant the application of the petitioner. The court does not believe it would be reasonable and proper to grant the petitioner his request. The court will concur and sustain the magistrate's decision. Breaking it down, what the court said was he can't change his name to Santa because he doesn't just want to change his name. He said he wants the identity of Santa. And the identity of Santa belongs to us all. The concept of Santa Claus belongs to the public. You know, I'm starting to think this court might have seen a very specific episode of King of the Hill because this is covered in one of their episodes. So that that is 2000. Right. Okay. Now, okay. Now you would think Feel bad for the guy. Now, now that's Ohio though. That's Ohio. Oh god, did he move? No, he didn't move. However, David Lynn Porter uh, a resident of Utah decided that he wanted to change his name to Santa Claus. Oh, God. All right. August 10th of 2000, a little bit before Ohio says, or a little bit after Ohio says, Bob Handley, you cannot be Santa. David Lynn Porter files an application with the district court in Utah that says, I want to be Santa. I, I want to be known as Santa Claus because of my business and my uh, charity work. Uh, I play Santa all the time. I, I love uh, Santa. I, I am known for Santa in the area. Basically, the same reasons that uh, that Robert Hanley gave in uh, in, in Ohio. Okay. Yeah, you know, the, the exact same sort of reasons, right? So it goes in front of the court. Uh, and the district court comes back on August 16, 2000, and says, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> we're, we're not going to let you change your name to Santa. Now, the rule in Utah is a little different, a little different, but not too different. All right? Okay. In, in Utah, to change your name, you have to say three things. All right? One, <clears throat> uh, here is why I want my name changed. Two. Okay. This is the name I want. Three, I am a resident of Utah and of this county and have been for the year prior to filing. Okay? Okay. You file, you put all that in, and the court does the same analysis. The court looks at it and says, okay, is it for a proper purpose? Is it for an improper purpose? Will it infringe on other people's rights to do that? Uh, Is there fraud? 
present in this? Will it create a likelihood of confusion, misunderstanding, or allow for substantial mischief? Or have a substantial chilling effect for a person or entity otherwise entitled to act, uh, exercise their access to the courts? Right? Okay. So the court looks at it here, comes back, and says, we're not going to let you change your name to Santa Claus. Um, the court also then came back and said, by the way, since you asked, we're not letting you change your name to Chris Kringle either. Stop trying to backdoor this shit. Oh my God. <laughs> like he was like, you know, if you won't let me change it to Santa Claus, will you let me change it to Chris Kringle? Uh, this case, by the way, is in the matter of the application of David Lynn Porter. It's a 2001 Utah Supreme Court decision. I don't have the site number directly in front of me here, uh, other than the state reporter, which was 2001 UT70. Right? Wait, it went to the Supreme Court of Utah? It's in the Supreme, he took this up to the Supreme Court of Utah. Hell yeah. So the Supreme Court of Utah... Uh, goes through it, and you know he's like, I I look like Santa. I do numerous charitable and business activities as Santa. Uh, you know, it's it's for those functions and for PR purposes, right? Uh, he meets all three of those requirements. Here's the reason. Here's the name. I'm a resident, right? Okay. Uh, so the court comes back and basically says, like I like I said earlier, you know, first uh, we think that it's got to be confusing to people, right? Uh, it, you know, they, the trial court came back and said, uh, you know, first we think it'll be confusion. It'll create misunderstanding, uh, and it could allow for substantial mischief. And then, yeah, earlier you said the cops don't want to write tickets to Santa Claus. Yep. The, the district court came back and said, also, we're pretty sure it would have a substantial chilling effect on people accessing the courts. Cause who the fuck wants to be known as the guy who sued Santa? Yes, there you go. Okay, now that one, yeah, I agree with that. That's going to be rough. Right. Uh, So what do you think the court did? I think they told him to go home, keep using his regular name, and just wear the costume. Nope. What? The Utah Supreme Court said, no, you're wrong, trial judge. David Lynn Porter can legally be Santa Claus. Oh, he got it. He got it. The court, okay. the Utah Supreme Court came back and said, uh, there's no evidence in the record that uh, that any of your concerns are, are supported. There's no evidence it will chill anything. There's no evidence that he uh, he's going to use it for an improper purpose. Uh, you've given no real reasoning on this outside of that. All of this is supposition. So there's no reason. And... We want to point out here uh, that while we think that him changing his name to Santa Claus may be unwise, and it may actually make conducting normal everyday affairs difficult, uh, yeah, that's not enough. And, and think about it. I mean, it would be unright. Think about it. If you're calling, like, the cable company, you're like, I want to terminate my service. Who are you? Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! But there's all right. So there's so we got one non-Santa who wants to be Santa. We got one Santa who fought for and is now Santa. This isn't going bad. I like this so far. Well, the the other reason you gotta love this that uh that the court was like, by the way, you should let him change your change his name in Utah. Yeah. It was I shit you not. 
He already tells people he's Santa Claus. <laughs> that doesn't sound like sound reasoning. Well, he already murdered all of those nuns, so we no. might as well send him to St. Mary's. So what harm is there? Because this motherfucker already tells people that, that he's Santa. Like, he already demands people refer to him as Santa. So what's the what's the real harm here? Oh, dear God. Okay, I love this. So, All right. So All right. Th- those are two Santas. Here's our third. Oh, well, welcome to the... Oh, my God. What is happening? All right, third Santa. Go for it. This, um, this, is, this is not a name change. No. I want to point that out. This is not a name change. Is it the real Santa? This is the time that the state of Ohio... Why the fuck... Is this coming out of Ohio so frequently? Sue, you need to move. Okay, continue. This is about the time the state of Ohio arrested Santa. Sue, you need to move. (laughs) Sue, get out of there while you still can. I'm sorry. What? Let's go back to the other two. I am now, I am so blown away by the sentence. This is about the time Ohio arrested Santa that I now agree, no, you can't be Santa. (laughs) My fragile brain could not deal with for the briefest of moments, and then Ohio arrested Santa. (laughs) It's Ohio, motherfucker. This is like the wild, wild west out in Ohio. They're like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to arrest Santa Claus. We have arrested Santa, and we are a swing state. End of trivia about Ohio. Welcome to Ohio. We got a field of concrete corn. Cleveland's River got set on fire. Also, fuck Santa. Fuck. And that river. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to talk about how the river spontaneously burst into flames when we arrested Santa. There's magic involved, and we're not ready for this. That's for the Supreme Court. The case on this is the state of Ohio v. Hayes, a.k.a. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Oh, I love this. The, uh, the citation is, it's a, it's a citation to the Ohio Reporter, uh, 119 Ohio Miscellaneous 2D 124. Okay. They labeled the Santa arrest as miscellaneous that is a very appropriate miscellaneous filing so there's a guy in ohio named warren j hayes and and by the way i'm going to actually post this opinion uh because this is from this is out of the supreme court of ohio by the way (laughs) made it to the supreme court all right so that's a high score so i'm going to actually post this opinion uh, in the Patreon with the episode on it because it's a wonderful opinion. Uh, the opening line is the defendant Warren J. Hayes herein referred to as Santa Claus footnote one. And you go down to footnote one in the opinion and it is in italics. Jolly old St. Nicholas, lend your ear this way. You tell every single soul what I'm going to say. Trial day is coming soon, now you dear old man. Concerning BMV and you, I'll tell you best I can. Holy shit, that's the greatest judge ever. So Warren... What the fuck? <laughs> Warren J. Hayes is arrested. On December 20th, 2001. 
in possessing or displaying an ID card knowing that it is a fake ID. Okay. On December 20th, 2001, uh, Hayes is driving his car and he's involved in a minor fender bender. All right. Okay. On the spot, he gets out, he sees the person he hit, and he's like, I've got it. Don't worry. He pulls out a wad of cash and pays for the repairs right there on the roadway. All right. Okay. Warren, Ohio police officer Eric Merkel comes in and uh, it, it's, you know, I've got to take a report. And Hayes pulls out a driver's license, an Ohio ID card, and gives it to Eric Merkel. Okay. Now, first, you can't have in Ohio and probably in other states, you can't have both a driver's license and an ID card. You can't have both of them. One or the other. All right. It'd be like, yeah, you can't have your driver's license that says Dan Smith and then go to the Illinois Department of Motor Vehicles and get just a non-driving ID card that says, you know, uh, Bob Smith. Okay. One or the other. Makes sense. One or the other. You can't have both. All right. You can't have both those at the same time. Now, Warren Hayes is an Ohio driver who does not have an Ohio ID card. All right. Okay. Santa Claus is not an Ohio driver, but does have an Ohio identification card. Is that identification card in the hearts and souls of children everywhere? Or was this printed out on cardstock? It, it, It was a real Ohio Department Bureau of Motor Vehicles identification card. Well, our first Santa's going to be pissed off, man. It, this is bullshit. It was actually attached as Exhibit A was his application. Uh, just be careful of Exhibit D. We all know where that goes. And Santa, when he filled out his application, checks this little box that says, I don't have a driver's license. Because there is no driver in Ohio with the name Man, of Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Oh my God. Warren Hayes has a driver's license. Santa Claus does not. Santa Claus just has an ID card. So Don't be- they ask him for like a birth certificate or something? <laughs> oh, you're going to love this. So. <laughs> oh God. So obviously the cop sees this and the cop's like, what the fuck? Yeah, this is obviously, this is a fake ID, right? So they charge him with displaying, handing over to the police, a fake ID card. And there's like the backup charge now saying you can't have both. Yeah, you got to have one or the other. Uh, And if you have both, then you obviously have both because one of them's fake. All right. Okay. So a hearing's held on this, right? Santa, Santa with balls of solid ice. Files, oh, no. files a motion to dismiss the charges. And and the motion to oh, dismiss is basically, I don't have a driver. I'm Santa. I don't have a driver's license. I just have an ID card that I applied for and got. Oh, 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 oh. This is definitely going to be turned into a feature-length film before we die. I'm loving this. Okay, so Santa has shown up in court. Santa shows up in court. Santa has exhibits. 
what reindeer shit? Santa, Did he bring reindeer shit into the hotel? The hotel Santa room? has eight exhibits that he moves into evidence and nobody objects to. Nobody oh my objects God, what to. What are the? What are these? What is this? Well, you mentioned one of them a moment ago. What do you have to have to prove that you're a U.S. citizen and can get a get a uh, get a get an ID Birth card certificate? Santa's first exhibit was a certificate of birth for one Santa Claus born at the North Pole on December 25th in the year 383 A.D. to Mr. Claus and Holly Noel with Dr. Snowflake attending. Are you fucking (laughs) with me? Exhibit BB are copies of his 1996 and 1997 Ohio identification cards issued to Santa Claus by the state of Ohio that says he lives at, I shit you not, One Noel Drive, North Pole, Ohio, as well as a temporary membership card from the American Automotive Association for the year of 1995. What is happening? (laughs) Exhibit C are copies of his ID cards with photos of Santa for 1985 to 1990 and 1988 to 1992 issued by the state of Ohio to Santa Claus at One Noel Drive, North Pole, USA, as well as a copy of a vehicle title issued to Santa Claus on December 17, 1987 for guess what type of car Santa drives. No, a sleigh wagon. No, no. Guess a Volvo. Volvo. Nope. If it's a Hummer, I'm gonna shit myself. A 1965 Volkswagen sedan. Yes, this is the best Santa. I'd be scared to have him coming down my chimney, but I wouldn't be able to look away. Holy shit, this is amazing. Exhibit DT are more Ohio identification cards with pictures of Santa from 1982 to 1986 and 1985 to 1988 issued to Santa Claus by the state of Ohio, stating his address at 1 Noel Drive, North Pole, USA, and... What? A blank check. On the joint account of Santa Claus and Mrs. Santa Claus for an account at the Second National Bank of Warren, Ohio. There's only two ways this case can go. One, they are so enamored with the brass frozen balls on this man, they let it go. Or two, how big of a fraud case did this turn into? Exhibit EE. Is, oh, the, fuck me. is the 1992 registration for the aforementioned 1965 Volkswagen issued to Santa Claus. Exhibit FF is the 1989 vehicle registration issued by the state of Ohio to Santa Claus for the 1965 Volkswagen. Issue GG is a vehicle registration expiration notice issued... <clears throat> Uh, and mailed to Santa by the state of Ohio for the 1965 Volkswagen. Exhibit oh HH God. is the current vehicle registration 
issued to Santa Claus for the 1965 Volkswagen by the state of Ohio. Okay. So the charge... The charge oh my God. is that this oh is Warren Hayes has presented a fake ID because his name is not Santa Claus, but he has obtained all of this stuff in the name of Santa Claus. He has fraudulently and falsely obtained all of these things because he is not Santa Claus. He is Warren Hayes, right? And as the court notes, there is a procedure for changing your name. Right, okay. Right, there, there's a procedure to change your name. Uh, it has long been established in Ohio that a person may change his or her name either by petitioning the probate court in the little footnote too, uh, or, or even use several names so long as he does not, or by the simple expedient of adopting and using a new one. Common law name change. Oh, my God. Just by using this name, I can change my name. Are you fucking with me? Court goes on to recognize, says both procedures are equally valid in the eyes of the law. A person can change their name at any time or use several different names so long as it's not done for what? A fraudulent, fraudulent purpose. purpose. The, oh my god! So the court looks at all this shit and says, "Well, based on these exhibits, Santa Claus and the Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles have had a solid, non-going relationship for twenty years." Holy shit! He's gonna win. Santa has been issued state ID cards. He's gotten certificates of title. By the way, Santa drives a 1965 Volkswagen. He's renewed those cards. Um, Yeah, he's being really responsible with his name, I gotta say. They look at it, they go, uh, and it's not like this is the first time this has happened. Right? Uh, In Ohio, there's a case called State v. Hashmall. And in Hashmall, the Supreme Court said that, uh, you know, you can't apply for a motor vehicle in a false or fictitious names, uh, and that that necessarily means a name that you're using for a fraudulent purpose. But in this case, there's no proof of that. There's no evidence that Santa, by the way, they've been referring to him as Santa the whole fucking time. Like, they've only used his his actual name, Warren Hayes, one time at the very beginning. Uh, oh, my God. There's no evidence Santa adopted his name for the purpose of avoiding any just debt or payment of taxes. To the contrary, Santa routinely paid in Ohio accepted taxes and registration under the name of Santa for many years. Consequently, Santa's use of his appellation can in no sense be fraudulent. They come back, the court comes back and says, we even understand why the state's pushing this so hard. We get it. We, we understand. We, uh, the, the people of Ohio should be very appreciative of the fact that the Bureau of Motor Vehicles is operating such a tight ship that they are prosecuting Santa, especially in light of the September 11th tragedies. Remembering, of course, this is a 2002 opinion, so it was very right. 
like right up there. Uh, it's like without such strict efforts, it'd be much easier for terrorists or criminals or people to do that uh, to get fraudulent IDs that could enable them to act out ghastly plans of skullduggery. Skullduggery, <laughs> nice! It goes on to uh, commend the efforts of the Warren Police Department in enforcing the uh, criminal code and the traffic laws. Uh, and then says, so we got a problem. And our problem is... Does Santa displaying an ID card with this history violate the law? Was the ID fictitious? I'd say no. It pulls out the Webster's Dictionary of fictitious, fabulous, legendary, mythical, apocryphal. Uh, you know, fictitious implies fabrication, suggests artificiality or contrivance more than deliberate falsification or deception. Right. And and the footnote on this is like the acts in question here are fabulous as Santa is an incredible character. Uh, His course of conduct with the Bureau of Motor Vehicles is indeed legendary. Um, He invented details and there's acts produced by popular tradition are found to invent details and distorted facts to wit a birth occurring in 385 A.D., uh, Santa may well be mythical and finally unknown or dubious source for the origin of the story makes it apocryphal. All right. However, even with that, it says Santa's been charged with being fabulous, legendary, mythical, or apocryphal. Uh, He might have been guilty of facing 180 days in jail and a $1,000 fine. However, the state has to show that Santa knowingly displayed an ID card that was fictitious. And the state hadn't done that. Yeah. Because this guy, for 20 years, years has been a real person in the eyes of the Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles. Holy shit. <laughs> By the way, it's worth pointing out that one Noel Drive is Does a, it exist? No, it's it's a real location. There is a town okay. in Ohio uh, called North Pole, Ohio. It must be somewhere near Warren. And that, oh my God. that at that location, and there's a picture of it here, is a business located at one Noel Drive. Is that business a fucking uh, mail service? Does he actually have this address somehow? I, I don't know. I don't know. I like. I can't read the name on the business. Oh my god! I want to know that he got went out and got a PO box just so he could have that address or something. However, they uh, they have another footnote down at the bottom. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, in the case of Bar Sanders, been registered with the BMV since 1982. Uh, therefore, his act of displaying the identification card is not fictitious uh, because he has, through his conduct legally assumed the name of Santa Claus. I love it. I love it. And then footnote number four. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. (laughs) Greatest judge ever. What the shit? (laughs) So, we've had three cases. Each about to, in one, it was it could confuse the public. Back in like that. By the way, they mentioned Handley in, in the uh, yeah. I was in, gonna say in the arresting Santa Claus. They're like, yes, we're aware of Handley. However, 
That was determining whether or not somebody can change their name through the court procedure. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole workaround. Has anyone mailed Hanley and let them know this case? Well, I mean, like, you can, but here's the sad thing is uh, Robert Hanley died in 2019. Oh, somebody postmortuously changed his name uh, right now. And, and his, ob- his, obi- going? his obituary is actually, though, for Robert, quotation mark, Santa Handley. Good. And, and, Good. and recognizes that. But yeah, so uh, so those are our cases. Uh, Robert Handley followed the na- name change procedure. Denied. David Lynn Porter in Utah followed the name change procedure. Approved. Uh, Warren Hayes in Ohio uh, said he was born in the year 383 A.D. and Dr. Snowflake attended at his birth uh, that Santa drives a 1965 Volkswagen and doesn't have to go through the process because Ohio, at that time at least, had a law that basically said, hey, you can change your name to whatever the fuck you want as long as it's not for fraud. You don't even have to ask us. Just start using the real name. And by the way... I'm telling you. Go, go, go. By the way, that's what gets me. It's like, I'm like, he thought this shit out. Yes. <laughs> he thought this shit out. I was just going to say that, can you imagine the elation he must have felt when he saw that cop and thought, nah, he's getting the Santa Claus ID. He is getting the say. This is time. This is what I've been building towards. What I my love, kingdom is here. Can you imagine? Because I, I just because like he's been doing this since the fucking eighties. Like, do you think? What do you think came first? Uh, him applying for the name, him deciding I'm going to get the name of Santa Claus, or do you think like he drove by? Yeah, you know, a sign one day. It's like North Pole, Ohio. One new I'll drive, and he's like, yes. You know what? I choose to believe the latter because it makes a better story. If somebody out there was just like, no, I'm going to play the world's greatest prank, but then just kind of adopted the Santa Claus. And truly, because you just said he didn't do anything wrong. He filled out his paperwork. He seems like an upstanding guy. Maybe that's because when he took the moniker of Santa, he's like, no, I have a higher purpose. To one day hand a photo ID to an officer <laughs> and make him sit through the silliest nonsense all the way to the Supreme Court of Ohio. I, I just love the fact that that happened, though. And we can't leave out. Santa drives a 1965 Volkswagen. <laughs> if it dies, you've got all the hitches on front to have the reindeer yeah, pull it. This is perfect. I don't think it's died. It seems like Santa kept the goddamn car running for like 30 fucking years. I... <laughs> oh, my oh. God. Okay, oh. this the, that All of those made me... This was a really good holiday special. I don't feel dirty as I finish the stream with you. This is nice. <laughs> well, we can feel a little dirty because now it's time to read off the names of the Patreon supporters and beg. Uh, ah, dirty. So Boozy's Legal Funhouse is brought to you by Patreon supporters and support from everybody who listens. Uh, so a special thank you to our $5 level and above supporters, Ash DeRoche, Jack of All Corks, Tezcat Magic Jag, Dozer Trash Panda, Mama T, Uncle Kage, David Hunter, Evelyn Klein, Lufus Thraccoon, Netherlinks, Pandemonium, Petroff Neutrino, Aaron Williams, Alkali Anonymous, Andy, Buddy Good Boy, CC Otter, Chroma Hydra, Dragor, Eddie the weather fox emily white brood floofy foxers ghost goat grace jane gallinger uh 
Ed Fox and Jason Knight, Julie Esslinger, Jess James Lack, Leon Dashwood, Lorraine Poirier, Mark Whipple, Michael Blocker, Nikolai Autopoom, Red Fox, Rune Dog, Scuba Fox, Sarathan, Silver, Skyer, Tiny Voices, Tyron, and Ziggy Bull. If you want to one of those wonderful people, you can do that over at patreon.com slash lawyers and liquor. Uh, Alkali, how can people support you? You can find me over streaming four times a week when I'm not going crazy at uh, twitch.tv Alkali Anonymous. So uh, we have a lot of fun over there. Hopefully you guys join us someday. And I'd like to point out that uh, this, I think, may be exactly our, our uh, 12th episode of the Legal Funhouse since we started it. This really? Will, this will be one year of recording. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was Well, in that case, happy anniversary and yeah. happy birthday. Yeah, there we are. We're we're almost there, right? Almost oh, there. So, a... uh so thank it you. It only took us three years to get one year of episodes. <laughs> we're doing great. So I remember when like two months ago we we're like, well, at least this is gonna start coming out on time now. How did that go for us, buddy? Listen, we would have been. It would have this episode. Would have been recorded and released this morning for everybody had you not decided you needed to get a little nasty. Hey, I got a little nasty and you found a pussy. So (laughs) when it really comes down to it, we both had the same excuse. (laughs) Folks, that is the holiday episode of Boozy's Legal Fun Has a Tale of Three Santas this year. Wonderful. Uh, For all of you out there, have a wonderful holiday season and if you don't celebrate it enjoy the winter (laughs) like yeah if you don't celebrate these holidays cool i I hope you don't get snowed on too much and enjoy uh having days where shit's closed for shit that you you're not related to whatsoever uh look for me we'll go to the same chinese place on christmas eve i'm taking (laughs) my dad to a movie theater on christmas i'm horrified so uh, that will do it for this episode. Now, for the folks who are tuned in, if you hang around, Alkali and I are going to bring up and run another stream as kind of our, our non-podcast recording stream right after this. And for those of you who are Patreon supporters, I'll probably yank the audio from that and put it up as a Patreon exclusive as well so you can hear the bullshit we do when we're not talking about legal cases. We're going to be talking about legal cases. It's what we do. Until next time. I am the Boozy Badger, Boozy Barrister, our wonderful co-host, the certified legal layman, Alkali. You have a wonderful holiday season. Good night, everyone. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.